Welcome to the Talk with Clads podcast. Your host is Katie Ann, an island girl on a journey with her guests to learn about their backgrounds, businesses, passions, experiences, life lessons, and wins. Come and laugh, cheer, learn, and plan with us. My friend, take some time to come and talk with Clads. Hello, world. Welcome to Talk with Clads. My name is Katie Ann, and I will be your host for today. We have a special guest in the house. We have Mrs. Latrice Segre. Latrice is the business owner of Latrice World of Beauty, and she is one of the baddest beauticians in South Florida. Everyone, welcome, Latrice. Hi. <laughs> She's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, 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 Latrice. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business. Hi, everyone. Good night. I'm Latrice Agree, as Gideon said. I've been doing my own, on my own, operating my own salon since 2009. Prior to that, I taught at Dell's Beauty School for seven years. And then I used to work um, at jobs at different beauty salons. Okay. So what made you transition from being a teacher into owning your own business? Owning my own business was something that was inevitable. It would have come. I just don't know when, but I was just building my name, my brand, and the school was a great opportunity for that. And besides that, I get to impact a lot of young women. Some of them were lost. So I wasn't supposed to stay that long, but I felt like I was doing them. It was more for them than me at times. And even though I used to learn from them, but I felt like I was doing a greater job to guide them. So that held me at the school even longer than I should have. But prior to me leaving fully, I was practicing my own at my veranda wherever I was renting. So I was still doing a part of me and still being at the school. But it it turned official when I quit um, 2009 in July. So 2009 in July? Yes, it's my anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. Congratulations. So you said, you know, it was inevitable. (laughs) I can't even pronounce the word properly. That you were going to be a business owner. So... Was this something that you planned or you just felt like it was in your DNA? I would say both. For sure, I knew that I would operate my own, but I knew the time had to be right. And as I always tell you, I am a very low risk taker when it comes on to money. So I wanted to be in a safe, I wanted to be safe. That was part of my reason to not go as quickly as I should to because I wanted to be safe because, like I always said, I don't really have people to fall back on. So I wanted, you know, but the time is never, it will, it will never be a perfect time to go on your own. I had to just step out and leap of faith to do it. But I knew that it was something that I had to do. But I wanted to create the almost perfect um situation, but that never happened, but it worked out. Okay. So how did you hone your skill as a beautician? Or did I own Like that? how do you perfect your craft? I always for me, I want things to always look natural. And I always tell my student, whenever you do a work, 
because my student, I used to teach at a beauty school, so it was in the same field. Field, so it had to be something that I would be comfortable wearing. I always inspect my work, and that's why I teach my students. So if I'm telling them that, that's something that I practice. If if I'm doing somebody here and I look and I say no, I wouldn't be happy with this. I'm gonna do something else to it, and that's so I perfect and my work. People know my work because I'm always making sure that this is something that I could see on the road and say, yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is your I don't want it to be like, if I see it, I say, oh, why them never do this? Or why them never do that? Like, so that's what I do. I judge my own work. Okay. I mark myself hard too. Okay. Well, that's good. Because you know that the quality of your work is always going to be yeah. a representation of yourself. So... Mm-hmm. How many hours did it take going into your own business as a be- as a as a business owner? I can't even sum it up because sometimes when I initially when I started out, like I said, I used to while I was still at the school, I was still operating on at at home on my veranda where at the time I was renting. So it would be like I leave work, somebody call me. Sometimes no work when he's starting out. So when you start to get into into it. It's countless hours. Like sometimes it can be from 20 hours a day sometimes when it's busy, when you do get a busy time sometimes. Some days it may be just four hours. But when you get into the swing of things, it gets crazy. And as an entrepreneur, especially in my field, we don't really check the hours because it gets crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you stay motivated? My greatest motivation was my son. And secondly, I knew what it felt to do without a lot of time. And I never, ever wanted to be in that place ever again. So part of my motivation is to always work, to secure myself financially. So I'll never find myself in a situation where a man has to choose me and not me choosing who I want to be with just because of money. Or to go to my bed without as I would when I was much younger. So those that's what motivate me to always have my own to secure financial security. Okay. I mean, that's good motivation. That's a good motivation, right? Mm-hmm. So how would you... Because a lot of times you have people that they go into that field and it's not a long-lasting, right? So how do you stay current with all the different trends of what's going on? And how do you put that or relate that to your customers? For me, this field is my passion. Doing this, everything beauty. I do hair, nails, makeup, everything beauty. It's my passion. And when you're passionate about something, nobody has to tell you to stay current. You just stay current because you're passionate about it. So that's what, that's what, that's what keeps me going and keeps me current because I'm passionate. I don't ever want to be, uh, here just say fall off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I encourage my friend in the field to do that. But a lot of people are not as passionate as they should be. And that's why things pass them back so much. For me, I remember even when I used to teach at a school, a lot of things would, because I'm not in the, the salons as much. Right. Things will come and almost like they want to pass me. But the what saved me was because I used to party. I used to see people. 
I remember running down people just to look at their hairstyle. They don't know that I'm running them down to look. And then when I would see something, I'd go back to school and try it on the girls. Mm. So that that I'm passionate. That's just what the only word I can use to describe what 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 keeps me current. I'm very passionate, and I'm self-taught for the most of it. I got formal training, mm-hmm. but I'm self-taught, self-taught. So when you're self-taught, anything comes, you're going to make sure you get it. That's really good. And if if you are not, a lot of people don't do that well. They have to get training from somebody. If you're in that field, if you're in that category, go get training. Keep up. You have to keep up because this is a field that keep turning over, sales turn over real fast and reinvent and come back. So you just have to be passionate. Yeah. You have to love what you do. But I guess the sometimes, you know, money is a good motivator. So some people are going to, a feel that they don't love just because of money, right? So what do you think of money versus passion? It has to be passion first. And everybody know me love money. But, <laughs> but if you master what you do, then the money has to come. There's no question about it. So the, it has to be passion and then money. It can't just be money because when the money not coming... Then what happened? Right, and I and I want and I I heard you say the passion and the money will come. So how did you, you know, with us going through a pandemic and salons were affected, anything that had to do with interaction, you know, face to face interaction. So how did you navigate the pandemic? For me, the good thing is, or the good thing was, when I uh, migrated from Jamaica to here. God gave me a vision. I've always um, done wigs, but he gave me a vision to invest more in my wigs. So I started doing that 2017, like to promote wigs more. Right. And at the time I was saying like, but if I do wigs, then people don't have any reason to come to me. But God was preparing me for something because I started doing the wigs and I was able to reach people in... All the way to in Kuwait, Canada, England, because I have a, a base, a client base all yeah. over, and I've and and with the wigs, I have people that I've never met a day in my life. So I was I started doing that. So when the pandemic started, I started to do videos to remind people of what I have that they don't have to come to me still. You know, because everybody was, you know, down, depressed. So I had to remind them. So I used to do wig and makeup live video. Um, every now and again, I'll do that live on and Facebook. And what did you do? What you did on Facebook? Okay. Yeah. So I would do the the wig. I would do the makeup first, and then I put the wigs and show them how simple it is to just literally put the wig on. So you don't need to come to me to look like you're coming out of a salon. So when they they I reminded them of that and. I didn't have, there were so many days that I couldn't do a live because I was so busy during the pandemic making wigs. So I was, thank God for the post office. I was <laughs> in and out of the post office literally every single day during the pandemic. So you, so basically you, you put, you push one line of business more. Yeah, I had to. There was no space for interaction. I rarely saw anybody. So the wigs were, were what saved me. And at first I was like, 
Oh, but if I do the wigs, then people don't want to come. They don't need to come. But the wigs was what saved me during the pandemic. Well, that's good because you're able to adapt to your environment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, fear kind of um, paralyzes us so that we can't move forward. So what is your greatest fear about your business and how do you manage that fear? One of my, it's funny. My One of my greatest fear is me becoming a, an old hairstylist and people don't, <laughs> and people say, how many want an old man do my ear? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm 41 this year, so I'm like, um, let 41, me I look right, talk <laughs> up like you. Yes. <laughs> like, how many years do I have left in it? But I don't worry about it too much. But if, if I was to have a fear, it would be that, because, you know, you, you think that people think, that when you get old, you know, you don't keep up, you don't know what's popping. So I, I don't want to be, the, I'm fa- I'm fearful that I'll become this old woman hairdresser that people don't want to come to. So I'm thinking my backup plan is to go back into teaching. <laughs> I still do advanced classes. Um, Even when, when I went on my own, I was still doing advanced classes at my shops. Wherever I would be, I still do advanced classes. I just didn't do beginners because I didn't have the space and the frame of mind and I wanted people back then when I used to teach a lot of people would just come because probably somebody run them out of the house <laughs> so they had no passion yeah. and you had to deal with that um I do I don't have the patience to deal with that anymore so that's why the person have to be over that hump and come to me just to do styling advanced stuff because I didn't want to do the babysitting anymore well, speaking about babysitting, because I feel like at sometimes you're like a therapist in the with, with someone in your chair. Like, how do you stay? Because I feel like a lot of times when I come and I'm sitting in your chair, you're so motivating. Where do you get that from? Because I'm like, do you do it to everyone? Like, you you make you have that ability to let everyone feel special. I don't know how to explain that one. I think I think that one may be from God, because I don't know. I don't plan it, but. A lot of people would say this to me and I feel honored. Yeah. You know, I don't take it for granted. But I'm from, like, I don't know, a lot of people, I don't know, I tell my story so many times that sometimes people probably overlook a lot of things that I've said. But my story is deep and I, I come from a low, low place. And so I had to motivate myself. And, and, and doing so, in doing so, I've learned to look at the brighter side and and I encourage people to do the same that they too can look at the brighter side because look for where I'm coming from you know right so, so our, our listeners don't know your story so if you don't mind sharing tell our listeners about your story I mean, or I, a synopsis I, I, I probably could do that because I I don't want to offend anyone you know because that's why I haven't um, got into writing a book because a lot of people are going to be offended with your truth yeah Cause I'm I'm a very blunt, open person, and a lot of people not ready for that. But long and short of it is that I partially grew up with my grandmother, partially with my mother, partially with my aunt, and it was rough. I remember days when my mother. Part of it is that she started having children very young. I won't say what age she was. I'm sure she'd probably be offended if I do when she had me. But she it was rough for her, and she had to get help from uh, my father's side. Even though he didn't play a role, his sister stepped up 
and helped. Um, everybody has their struggles, but my grandmother stood by me, even though she never had it. She's the one that I remember who I would say really stood by me. Right. And I remember as a, as an probably as a eight year old or probably younger walking with her friend to friend to friend house to beg them a thing so then we could cook. And I remember this man, I think his name was Barry. He had a jerk center and he used to give her like pork skin and pork fat and chicken fat and she would fry them with salt and sometimes that's what I would eat and drink water. And I remember she would pick up stuff from the back of the yard. Cause my aunt, my aunt has had bought an house through NHT because she was a police officer for her, but she had her own family, so she couldn't do everything. Right. And my grandmother didn't want to pressure her daughter. She only had one daughter and one son, which was my father. But he was, you know, yeah, he was one of them. So. I remember she used to pull stuff from the back of the yard to say spinach and cut them up and cook them. And sometimes that's what we eat. I'm not going to say every day was hard. The best days were, were when we would go to my aunt. She had everything. But right. then we couldn't always be there. So it was tough. And I lost my grandmother when I was 12. And I felt like I have nobody. I have nobody in this world left. Because she was like my hero, even though it was tough, she made me feel like, you know, even though we're walking and begging, it's when I get older, I realize, you know, you know, somebody really, really poor. (laughs) 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 Like she made me feel like, you know, but it was rough. A couple of stuff happened to me. And if I had my parents around as they should have been around, I feel like those stuff wouldn't have happened to me. But like I said, I don't want to get too candid with certain situations because, you know. So save it for the book. Yeah. (laughs) If I ever do it because I don't want to offend. I don't know. Your truth is your truth. Yeah. But it was rough and I've I've had so many different stuff happening to me that I have have experiences. That's why I can help people through a lot because I've experienced a lot as a a little girl, as a baby. So sometimes I'm talking to people, but I'm I'm actually sharing my story too. Cause yeah, I've experienced too much, you know. And sometimes I I just say God allows us to go through stuff so that we can share our testimony. Right. You know, my last traumatic situation was before my husband. I was in an an abusive situation. I was abused twice. I shared it, I shared it over and over on my social media platform. Not because I want pity, because I'm over it. Like, I laugh at it now. Not really laugh, laugh, but I'm really over it. I've forgiven the person. He has died since. But I share it because a lot of people suffer silently because they feel like if nobody knows, then it's okay. And it's really not okay. So I'm showing them that I'm not saying you should put it out there because we all have different journeys. Right. It may not be your journey to be out, but I think God is using me to inspire other people and to show them that it can it be okay. Yeah. Because like when that happened to me, I felt like I lost my best friend because he was my best friend. And I. I so you felt like, like your abuser was your best friend? Yeah. Okay. 
it wasn't always abusive. No, no, That's I, why a lot of people don't understand. Most of these abusers are nice people and they really get you. And so that is why it's not as easy to break up with them. So a lot of people will stay on the outside and say, why you don't leave him? And this, you know what I mean? But they don't realize that this person go down on them knee and clean your house. This person feed you when you're working all day, blend up juice for you and feed you. This person is not the easiest person to leave. Right. And this person makes sure you're all right. Wherever this person is in and wherever this person is in the world, and you call them and you tell them you want something, they're coming. They're going to get it for you. Okay. And most of these abusers, that's what they do. So it's hard to leave them. And a lot of people don't really understand that. So... What what really made me leave was January 30, no, December 30th, 2010, was the last day he hit me, and that's when I had to leave. Because he had done it before, I went and grabbed my son, thinking that he would have backed off, given, right. given that I had my son in my hand, right. and he still proceeded to do, hit me in my eye like he was trying to pluck my eyes out. Yeah, but this was not your son's dad. Let's, let's just no, make no, that it's clear. not. Yeah, my son's dad has never been abusive to me. Never. Yeah, yeah, never, never physically abusive to me. Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Yeah. So I had to leave because it would mean that am I choosing this man or I'm choosing my son? Because I need my son to know that this is not okay. Had it not been in front of my son, I cannot promise that I would have left. Oh, so you like your son was your aha moment? Yeah. Okay. It's like, mm-mm. Because my son is going to think that this is okay. And that, and children live what they learn. Exactly. So, I wasn't ready. I had times when I, I missed him. Yeah. But my son, I couldn't bring that man around my son because my son was so hurt. He was nine at the time when he was saying that, oh, if I ever, I just want to be 14. I just want to be five more years if I ever see him. <laughs> And, you know, he was really hurt. He yeah. wanted to defend me. And, mm-hmm. and he, I think, developed some PTSD. That's what he, want, he always feel like he's my protector. And I didn't want him to feel like that. So I kind of took responsibility for that somewhat. So I had that dealing with, you know, but that happened 2010, 2012. I got saved and I met my husband in 2014. And in between that, I felt like I was done. Before I I got baptized, I felt like I was done with men. Not that I would go the other way, but I just felt like I was over. Because where else can I go from there? I felt like this man was my best friend. He was a perfect man. So what else is there? Mm-hmm. I felt like there was nothing else. And And this is what I want other people to understand. That even if you felt like that, there is hope. And my Chris is old. <laughs> yes. My area. <laughs> yeah, he's old. Because I was like, you know, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, my experiences helped me to, you know, show people a brighter side. Okay. And even while, while I was going through that and I always feel like I was done with men, I always knew that. There were good men there because I have a best friend who is a male, who is an awesome guy. So I've always known that good men, but I feel like I was done. And so you're you're navigating this in your in your personal life. 
how do you balance what was going on then in your personal life while having your own business? Let me tell you something. Like I said, we go back to passion. The first time this man hit me was in October. It was Era's Day. And I was working and I went around to the back and I said something slick and he hit me. And I had a client. At work? Yeah, my my eyes were all bloody and everything. And I had to go back and finish my work. I'm very passionate about my work. And like I said, passion and then my money. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get paid after you got yeah. hit? What would I do? Yeah, I already got hit. <laughs> I might as well get paid. So, how was your client? I can't be broke and, and hurt <laughs> at the same time. She she couldn't say. She was shocked. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> she never said nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that was uncomfortable. Like, what do you do? But, you know, let's put let's also put this into perspective, too. And, and by no means are we saying that domestic violence is okay. But a lot of times we're from the Caribbean island, so it's not uncommon at times to see. No, but I think I think the client were, was more so shocked that it's happening to me because people see me as a strong individual. Right. And they don't think that I'm the type of person to settle. So this thing can happen to anybody. Right. You know, so... That that that's what I think shock a lot of people because I'm not the type they don't see me as the type of person to settle for this or to allow this, you know what I mean? But um, I fell for it, you know. Yeah, and it was it was the first time I was experiencing anything like this, but it happens right to the best of us, and we can rise above it like I did. You don't have to stay there. It's yeah. a choice, like I was just saying to you. <laughs> In our pre-conversation. Yeah, it's a choice. I, I, th- When he did it October, and when I said abusive, it wasn't like an extensive years of abuse. Right. It was October, and then it happened December. Because October, like Malak shop. Right. So he was frustrated. You hit me October, but then I should still be intimate. And I'm not. I'm not built like that. Right. Probably if I wasn't making my own money. So there's there's a lot of aspect to this yeah. abuse situation. I was able to make my own money. So I didn't feel like I should open shop when you say I am. I want to heal. And he wasn't allowing me to heal. And that's why December happened. Because it was a built up of frustration. Not making excuses for him. But shop was locked. Right. After that. So I wanted to heal. But... When he did it the first time, my, my son wasn't there, and he called him and said he wants to know, because he was calling me all the time, and I wasn't answering, so my son called him and said, I want to know if you really want to be back or he wants, because I'm not, I'm not used to carrying men, a lot of different men around my son, so whoever I carry around him, it has to be serious. So he liked, Davin liked him, so he he's the one that wanted to see if it could work, and I was open up because my son was okay with that. I wanted it too, but I was willing. But David didn't know about him putting his hands on you. He knew. He saw it the first time. He never. He wasn't there when it happened. But my eyes okay. weren't ill, so he saw me, and so I told him what happened. Okay. 
CLAD's resources and consulting values its customers. Our planner footsteps to my vision is a 13-month planner that can be used for five years. It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers, which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there is no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product Vision Board Planner, Luxury Pen, 8GB USB Flash Drive, Wireless Mouse, Ultra Elegant Packaging Box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU Leather, 13-month planner, elastic band for easy handling. Our Footsteps to My Vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, Clads Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Clads Resources forward slash. So it was, you know, he was calling and Davin decided to, because Davin acts like he's a big man. He said, I want to know if you, if you really want to come back to Earth, my mom, or you want to come back. So I was like, oh, Devin really like him. Let yeah. me try again. Even though deep down I wanted to try. I wasn't I wasn't done. Yeah. But then Devin just gave me that push. So I was like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then he wanted things to go back immediately to where it was. That's the guy. And yeah. I'm not built like that. Yeah. Because now I'm independent, Latrice. Prior to that, years before that. I used to rely on men. I wasn't independent, but I still wasn't being abused. So now I'm independent, and you want to abuse me, you want to shop open same time? Mm-mm. <laughs> shop lock. Shop lock. So Mr. Man couldn't manage a shop lock situation, and he got frustrated because he's saying, well, if you're not getting it from me, you're getting it somewhere else. And that was the furthest thing from my mind. I was trying to heal. I, I've always known, I've always told people, when somebody hits you one time, without proper intervention, and I do think people change, Yeah, it is almost impossible that it would not again. So we tried counseling, and the woman said, I have a PR, I go to church, I never know, so when I go to church, I have to pay for counseling. So we never, <laughs> we never bother. Church want the coins. Yeah, so we never bother do the counseling, because I've always known, like I said, if a man put him on pain one time, it's going to happen, unless I have serious intervention. And my way of getting intervention, because I saw this guy as a guy with potential. He was nice. Right. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he was the most horrible person ever. He had insecurities. Right. So so did you get to do counseling or you didn't get to we do We didn't counseling? bother because the lady was like, oh, like you have to pay. It was a turn off for me. Yeah. Because I figured that, all right, like over the phone, she's talking about pain. Like, let me come and let, you know, and it's a church. So even if you had to charge me, like don't throw it at me like that. So I was turned off. So I never bother. Do it, you know, and I was like, I don't even know if I want to try. You know, like your mind going two separate places, you want him, but then you're not sure. It's like, 
subconsciously, you know, it's the wrong thing you're doing, but your body wants him. Right. So it never worked out. And then, of course, it happened again. And I just decided that it, um, that was it. He did it in front of Davin. So even if we were going to be together, I would have to hide. And this man would see me in party. I would go to party and him just appear behind me like we're there together. Oh, wow. So people would see me and say, watch your clone. <laughs> yeah. Because she act like she left the man. She posts a picture, but she's still with the man. But right. I wasn't with him. Yeah. He was just doing that for show. He was he was be, trying to be possessive. And then when he would do that and I would walk away, leave. I remember I went out with this girl called Audia. I think the party was over at the beach. The man just appeared. And then when Mel leave him, start cause me sodomite. Oh, because you went with the girl. Because I didn't want to do nothing with him. So oh. if I'm not with him, then I must be, be with, with the girl. girl. You uh, know? Yeah. So he's always doing that to me. And, you know, sometimes I, I would break down because I'm like, uh, I guess I'm not as strong as people think. Because, like, every time I'd go out, I would have this encounter with him. Right. With him popping up? or Just but... popping up. Okay. Just appearing behind me. Wow. Like we are together. So how did you finally leave? Like how was that break where he's no longer? Oh, we he tried to friend me. Yeah. Because I had to forgive him. That's the thing. I need a lot of people to understand. And a lot of people don't understand how forgiveness work. I can forgive you, but deny you access. Mm-hmm. People think that with a man and a woman, when you forgive the man, you let him back in. No, it doesn't work like that. You need forgiveness so that you can heal. I would never heal if I didn't forgive that man. And I would be hurting myself every single day, reliving that, reliving that. So I had to forgive him. And so he would try to, you know, get back into my space. One time I tried to do business with him because when I just started the hair, selling hair, this girl, Sabina, she introduced me to this man from Maypen that she would buy some hair. And the hair was good. I don't even remember the name of the year, but I used to sell it. It's, it's one of the best pack year ever. Right. So we drove down to Maypen, me and him. We were together at the time, I think. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of scope out the man base and look through him book and take him picture. I'm number when by him here. <laughs> <laughs> so then after we broke up, I I followed through and, and made contact with them. And being as the business that I know he was in and I wanted him to change, I I told him, I'm going to do this business. You could come in on it with me because he knows a lot of people. Um, so I say, you could just put your, your money up and I'll give you your share when I get it. But I'm going to order. At the time, I never had a visa. Right. So he never had the money. So I bought it and then afterwards he put the money in my account. His mother worked at the wharf, so we put it in her name, thinking that we'd get a good price. I don't remember exactly what happened, but he got pissed off because he's like that. I don't know if he was bipolar or something. Right. But he got pissed off. Whenever things doesn't get um, work his way, he get really irritated and angry. So he got angry and said he's going to make his mother hold on to the stuff and then have to pay for storage. So, like... For example, I would put four grand US and he put two. He right. trying to say that half is his. Even though he, I made him put the money 
in the in the bank so as evidence of what he gave me right so when when i went to um clear the stuff the mother was saying that oh she have to listen to him whatever he's saying so i went to her manager so she was upset with me cuz the manager was looking downstairs and saw what was happening or he was trying to intimidate me while she was standing there right so she was working there for 30 years i didn't want to um affect her job or anything but i want my stuff like i'm serious about my money and i don't rob people i don't go around people but i will not allow you to go around me the same so the lady got mad with his mother and allowed me to get my stuff then they went to the station at the wharf so i had to go to the police station again and the, then the him the start to say, is that him give me? It was a big thing. Mm. Long and short of it, I got what I deserved. And he got what he deserved. So we weren't talking again. Right. At that time, we weren't in a relationship or anything. But I was trying to help him. He said, turn around and almost yeah. hurt me. But because I'm a very loyal person, he's the one. That we went, that we went there together. So I was like, since we went there together and we got this number, let's let me share it with him and hopefully, because I've always want the best of people. He's in a business that is not, you know, yeah, safe. So let me see if I could get him to go different other, route. Other different, route, yeah. yeah. So we not we weren't talking, and then after every now and again, he would chip up one at a time and call me. Oh, Celine and coming to was it Jazz and Blue? Mm-hmm. It was Celine Dion? I don't know. It was one of those big singers that was coming to Jamaica. Right. And I was like, me and you were this a Celine Dion that sound right. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not together. Yeah, like that is a bit too much. We would probably go to a movie or whatever, but, and then we, yeah, I was like, no, Celine Dion is a little bit too much. No, like, yeah, push it now. Right. You know, because even when when I when I got baptized, he tried to be friendly with me. Because a lot a lot of people use Christianity to get close to you to say, "Oh, you're a Christian now, so you're supposed to let people." But well, I don't really see it like that. I'm a Christian, but if you're not good for my energy, you're just not good for my energy. Christian or not, you're gonna stay over there, sir. Right. And I say over here, sir. I'll yeah. pray for you. I'll pray you for you. Yeah, you know, men need yeah. for me, can I'm a space for sure. People say. Me forgive you. A God need for no say me, me forgive yep. you. God know y'all. Right. So the last time I spoke to him was when I purchased my last car in Jamaica, 2013. I never heard from him. And then I heard he got killed. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. So then you're doing that. Did you migrate to the U.S. then or? No. I oh. didn't even meet Chris yet. Okay. So this was all, uh, Pre, yeah. As you said, Chris is a good guy. Yeah. You know, you're in Jamaica, you're doing your thing, you meet Chris, and then you come to the U.S.? No, I, you were always- I started coming to the U.S. Um, the funny thing is, like, God is a big part of my life, and I'm sorry if some people don't, well, I'm not even sorry, but God is a big part of my life, and I'm very um, faith-grounded. I may not look like it, but I'm very faith-grounded, so... 2012, I got baptized in February. I went to a party. I was about to stab up somebody. <laughs> stab up somebody. Over the same situation. Right. Because the girl and I stopped being friends because of the situation with him. Right. So the girl constantly talks and, you know, I was kind of annoyed with her at this time. And I, I, rem- I remember she coming into the party and 
almost like pointing me out to people. I was like, listen, I'm just going to go downstairs. It was a party across from Scotia on Constant Spring Road. So I'm going to go downstairs. I have a car, a knife, you know, one of those knives, like, with screwdriver and everything on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, the multipurpose. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to go in there, get my knife. I'm just going to run on her and attack her because she's a thicker girl than me. So I say, if me just attack her first, she's not going to get a chance. She's not going to get a chance because yeah. I'm going to stab, stab her up. That's all I was saying. We're, we're glad to see you changed. We're glad you have changed. So... When I came back out, I remember we had moved downstairs because the girl at a store, Tasha me, um, and the store was small for the party. So people had gone downstairs to party. So that's when I say it's a perfect opportunity to just run on Panard and run in on my car and leave. But then the police came and everybody um, left the scene. So right. now it's harder. So then um, Gary Sherlock was having a red and white party on the boat dock. So I drove down. Gary, I hear your name, Gary. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I drove from Constant Spring Road like a model man to the boat dock. And I saw the same Yannick, the yeah. girl. Yeah. My friend that comes around. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. I saw her and her friend, Shauna. They were there. I'm called her Chucky. Um, it was a very few. It was very few people that were there because it's early time, you know, Jamaica go. Yeah. So I went inside to the bathroom because I was so angry. I couldn't stand up and talk to them. I just yelled them because I'm still angry and I wait for see the girl. Right. No, I have the knife and I'm a purse. Come, I figure she gonna come because she and Gary are friend. Right. And then I looked in the mirror and then the Lord started talk to me. And said, you need to give this place up. I mean, in my head. Yeah. When I got tell a lie, I said, I'm one big load voice. <laughs> but he started talking to me and said, you need to leave this place alone. Only when you come this them kind of place, you're angry and bitter. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. And I repented on that boat dock in the bathroom, that small bathroom. A Gary Sherlock party? Mm-hmm. Gary, you hear that? I think it was February 12th. And I left February 12, 2012, and I left and I went home, and it was Black History Month, and Malcolm X was talking, it was Martin Luther Luther King, and he was saying that if he should die, he's he's good, his soul is at rest. I don't remember his exact speech, but it was on, and I repented, and I was like, that's when I started to see my son, like. Make a stop up this girl and make a guy prison. Before, I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. none of that. But then I repented. And 10 days after that, I got baptized. Never looked back. Because like, this devil come too close to me. Mm-hmm. Comes to steal and destroy. Almost. It, it could have happened in a blink of an eye. Because if the police hadn't come, I'd have run on her. Yeah. And I, I'm going to know my friend them. My friend them, I either. Them never got defended. Yeah. So it would have just been me and her. Right, but then the consequences exactly. of your actions. Exactly, so them not interfering would have put me in a worse situation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I would have been in prison more than likely. Yeah, but then you, you know, it, it's good that you realize that the environment was not for you and yeah. kind of, God just kind of just say, hey, yeah, I'm going to need you to step out. And that girl, I still hated her. Yeah. I never normally ate people. Yeah. But she's a very malicious person at heart. Right. And I hated her. And she, we 
she we would occasionally go to the same church and I would, I remember So did she become a Christian too? Mm-hmm. But she her mother goes to the same church. So I remember I went to church one day because I prayed about it. Because sometimes you pray about things and in your mind you might feel like you forgive the person, but you really, the real test yeah. how you how you react when you see the person. Right. So I saw her at church and I got angry. Like my heart, you know, when it's still have yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but Father, may you talk about this so. I almost feel like the same the way. The forgiveness wasn't there 100%. Yeah, he's showing me that. Yeah. And I felt bad because I'm okay with cutting you off, but I don't want to see you and feel anyway. Right. So I, I worked on that, and God is so intentional. He brought us in a salon that is half the size of this. Right. In in Marvel, it was Aitasha's salon. Yeah. And we ended up in the same salon, in the same space, and it was like nothing to me. It's like I never met her before. She had no effect on my heart. And I remember it was before that I, f- I felt like I let her go, and I messaged her, and I said, I'll let you go now, I know. I hope you let me go too. I never wanted a relationship or no talking with her. I just know that I felt it. Right. And I And God test me. And put me in the same space with her again, smaller space this time. It was like nothing. Okay. So how do you think now, um, being a Christian, how does spirit spirituality plays a part in you being a business owner now? The faith part of it helps because when, when things look bleaky, the Lord promised to always take care of his own. Right. So that's what takes me through. So even though the pandemic was coming, I wasn't as, I was scared, like, I don't know what this thing is going to do, but I wasn't, like, worried about my business like that, because I know that the Lord promised to take care of his people, and I held on to that. Right. So that's how it works. That's how it helped me. Um, Sometimes you have people who are hard to deal with, and you just have to pray and leave it to God. Right. You know, and allow him to bless your business, make sure your hands are clean, and just leave everything in his hands. Okay. That's how my faith worked for me. Okay. So what would you advise, what kind of advice, like, you know, would you give, I mean, we have a, a little daughter now and she says, you know what, mommy, I want to own my own business. Like, what advice would you give her? Just find your passion. Just don't be all over the place. Find something that you're passionate about and whatever, wherever it leads you. My mother wanted me to do accounts. I start. I did accounts in high school, but I never followed through with accounts because that's not where my heart was. Right. But you're still good with money, though. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> helped me. And it helped yeah. me because I did marketing and POB and stuff. So it really helped. So thank God to mommy for, you know, because mommy was a hairdresser. But so I guess back then, hairdressing was looked upon like, oh, you failed academically. So you just, right. you just choose to do hair. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, I think now it's a little bit different. Where it is. There's so it it's you know academics is not the way, and a lot of times people who have academics are sometimes not as successful as yeah. those who have the technical and the skill yeah. sets to push them forward. A lot of the millionaires, billionaires, they didn't finish high school or yeah. they didn't finish college. I think that what changed is that skilled people are demanding more, yeah, respect and money. Right. You can't just say, "Yeah, give me a thing." This is. <laughs> This is what my value. Right, you know, you want to give me or you go somewhere else. That's fully. But before, 
I think skilled people are like, just give me a thing. Like, no. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm formally trained. Right. And I have experiences under my belt. So give me what I deserve or go somewhere else. Right. So do you think it's like a generational thing now where, it's, where that has changed that mindset where the focus, education is good. So I shouldn't say that education is not good. But it's an alternative like you know yes you should know but it's not the end the end all be all i think more educated people are coming into skills and when you find people who are more educated it kind of change the standard right because people are not just oh i'm left school i mean a grade nine i'm never go back to school right people are a lot of people are going to university because when I was teaching, a lot of university students would come. To learn. Yeah, people are not afraid to follow their passion anymore. And with that, you have all level of education coming into the field. Right. So now, you demand respect. Huh? Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, you, I, that's how I found you. You were referred to me because of your skill sets. Yes. And then, you know, we kind of formed a friendship because, yes. you know, you're like sec- the therapist that I, I, <laughs> I get to get some good advice from you. So let's talk about influence. Like who have, who have been like, or who has been the top three most influ- influential people in your life? My aunt. Right. Yvonne um, Nayoka Sigri. Um, <laughs> Full government name. <laughs> yeah. She has, I've always looked up to her like she's a go-getter. However she got it, she got it. And she was determined. Whatever she says she's going to get, she's going to get it. And right. I've always looked up to her. And I, I think I've garnered some of that from her. Like if I'm going to, if I say I'm going to do something, if I talk about it two or three times, I'm going to get it. Right. And I, I've learned that from her. So she's one. I think I, I, I grab from people all over. Right. I, I, I can't just name three persons, but she would, I would say top, but I just grab from people around me. Like I always tell people, when I see people achieve things, it motivates me. Right. I, I don't ever look at them in an envious way. I just learn that, you know, this person, really really you know did it and i can do it maybe not the same thing that they have done but they have they have um motivated me to go after what i want yeah everybody's journey is different right everybody everybody's journey i learned even from you i learned from everyone yeah you know everyone i just grabbed from everywhere so i can't just say Three persons, I just grab everywhere. Every, every situation I go in, I learn from it. I try to learn. I try to get something from it. I'm encouraged by people who don't necessarily have to work as hard as they they do, but they do it anyway. Right. So, you know, you, you've been successful in what you do, right? Going forward in the future... Like, what's your, you know, because I'm footsteps to my vision. So there's a plan going forward. What would you say is is your plan for the next uh, six to 12 months for your business? For my business, um, I plan to promote my wigs to start doing different styles. Because last year when the pandemic, it, I came out with the 
put on and go bangs. Right. I just came up with that concept. I'm not going to say I invented it, but it just came to me. And it looks natural and good. And I did that. So I want to come up with stuff. I want to break grounds with different stuff. I want to get into investment, real estate investment. I want to do different stuff, but I still want to keep pushing my business as 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 the forefront of what I do. I want to start doing classes more. Um, I think I've been shying away from doing that, but I want to get back into that and just push my continue to push and promote and brand my stuff more. Okay. Um, the pandemic as kind of amper me in my branding but i still did did some but i want to do more branding i want to have a more active social media presence with my work because you know i kind of post everything personal sometimes yeah. well you know what but, but that's how people connect with you yeah and i think even sometimes i say you know people sometimes will get to my head a little like you know like they imply that i post somewhere but it's a greater it's a greater walk. They don't understand that's my ministry. Yeah. You know? But I probably need to separate it like I have a business page, but Matt get old now, I can't remember too much <laughs> different password. That's so true. Yeah. So but speaking about social media, how do how do you um navigate social media with your business? How does that play or how does that impact your business? I would say I would say 60 or 70% of my um, customers came from social media. Right. Especially with the wigs, more percentage come from the wigs. People just saw them and decided to take a chance with me. And I've always been very appreciative, especially appreciative of those people that just saw them and decided to sell me their money and give me a try. Yeah. Not knowing if I'm a scammer or not. <laughs> it's so, not knowing if I'm a scammer. <laughs> right. A lot of them, because sometimes people will call and say, oh, you know, like they're not so sure, but they don't know what to say, you know. So I'm glad that they tried. And that's that's me posting a lot. People kind of understand who I am, the type of person I am. So everything kind of worked together. Yeah, it makes you definitely relatable. It yeah. definitely makes you and relatable. And so they take a chance with me, a lot of them. Even especially last year, most of the people that were buying wigs were new customers. Yeah. So where can our listeners connect with you online? Um, Latrice Degree for all platform. So, so Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, and there's only one Latrice Degree in the world. Uh, that that's for <laughs> so sure. So once you type in Latrice Degree, you will be led to me, Facebook and Instagram, and I do have a WhatsApp number on Instagram and also on Facebook that so you could WhatsApp me. Only at WhatsApp me if you want to do business. Uh, and what is the number? One eight seven six. Five two nine three seven seven four. It's a Jamaican number, but I do use it for WhatsApp. I don't post my my personal number unless you contact me through IG, and I figure we are. You know, it goes with social media. Yes, yes, a lot of crazies out there. So tell the number again, Latrice. It's one eight seven six five two nine three seven seven four. And then the Instagram and the the handle. Latrice Segree, L A T R I C E S E G R E E. Some people sell spell Segree with one e. I spell mine with two e's. Okay. All right. So it's come to the point of the show where I ask all my guests this question: What is one question that you wanted me to ask that I have not asked you so far? Uh, 
know what to say. But I don't know. I think you kind of covered all of them. I don't know. Okay. You're listening to Talk with Clads. Find more resources online at cladsresources.com. Now back to the show with your host, Katie Ann. Well, glad that I was able to cover all. I mean, Thank you did. sitting with Latrice, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll have another interview because you can tell so I mean, your experiences is such a thing that you can write a book. And it's a ministry, as you said. So I, I'm honored to, to have you in my life. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for You're joining welcome. me. And everyone, thank you for taking some time to talk with Clads. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Clads Resources and online at www.cladsresources.com. Our planner, Footsteps to My Vision, is also located on our website or on Facebook, Instagram, or Amazon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep creating your footpath to your vision.